Hello! I'm drinking a tasty beer on a Monday night, so that could only mean one thing. We're really busy tomorrow, so it's the Natty Bros Podcast, Monday Night Edition. I'm Zach Brooks. And I'm Anthony D'Angelo. Coming up in tonight's pod, this weekend's playoff games get wild. We'll recap the first weekend of the MLB playoffs. Lucky or good, the Colts cap an otherwise sleepy weekend in the NFL. And is Zach Brooks a looper? Just have to listen to find out. Well, Anthony, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing all right. Doing all right. Um, it's a great time of year, isn't it? It's a fantastic time of year. It would be even better if uh, if ESPN wasn't blacking out this Monday night game on my on my phone. But you got some serious first world problems. It it really is. It really is that that neither of my electronic devices can. Uh, can access the Monday night game. I'm I'm really uh, I'm really slumming it over here. Yeah, I guess so. Well, we're gonna get into some topics, some beer, some sports, and some other BS. But first, if there's something you want us to talk about that we haven't mentioned, you got any story ideas, open fantasy football trades, or just BS that you want to talk to us about, you can contact us in any number of ways. You can reach us on our website, nattybros.com. You can email us at nattybrospodcast at gmail.com, and even tweet at us, at nattybros. And don't forget, you can always subscribe on iTunes to get these podcasts pushed directly to your device, your iPhone, your iPad, your computer, whatever device you're using that's connected to iTunes. And you can find us at uh, nattybros, so search for us on iTunes. All right, well, a uh, big first weekend, big, big weekend in sports. We'll, we'll talk about the uh, talk about the, the disappointing football weekend in, in a little bit, but man, baseball is baseball is here. It, it is here. It is here, and it is it is the best time for baseball, <laughs> no doubt. And well, it is a good time to be a Detroit Tigers and Don Kelly fan. Get your uh, your, your Don Kelly jerseys while they're still cheap. Oh, but I got five of them. Every <laughs> but 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 before we, we before we talk about that, two two pretty good uh, play-in games. Um, the you know it, it's it's a new it's a new system for for major league baseball playoffs this year. So you, you had you had um, you had Texas and the Orioles. You had the Cardinals and Braves. Um, the Cardinals and Braves game. It was a bit of a sloppy game. You know, you, you had a, a bunch of errors uh, on the on the part of the Braves, but people are going to remember this game for for something more than the baseball. Uh, if if you didn't see it, there was a uh, a disputed call. I I, I think I'm, I'm probably under understating that uh, on a on an infield fly rule uh, that Braves fans didn't like too much, and uh, I would say overreacted, wouldn't you? So I didn't see the play live. I was actually seeing Looper, which we'll be discussing later on in the podcast. But I felt my phone buzz not once, not twice, but three times all from one Mr. Anthony. He texted me, he called me, and emailed me to make sure I was watching that game. Unfortunately, I was not watching that game. I did see the highlights after, though. Well, and, and the funny thing was, I wasn't even watching the game either. I was just, I don't know what in the hell I was doing, but I was on Twitter. And if, and like, and I just started seeing, like, you know, just like, the, the you know, the you know how it usually starts, like, wow, what in the hell's going on? 
but like for 15 minutes, like it was just like, it, it was, I mean, you would have thought that there was a, like a, a, just a full out soccer riot that had erupted in the stadium. And it was pretty close for American standards. Yeah. I mean, it, I am, uh, I was surprised to hear that. I don't know. I guess I don't know a lot about Atlanta sports fans, but I think of them as being like generally pretty classy. Um, and they were not happy with the umpire's call. The umpire called the infield fly rule um, on a ball that was popped out to the outfield. And, you know, I mean, it's 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 really kind of the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. Um, and with that rule, I mean, they, they didn't drop the ball to get the double play there. I don't think, you, you know, I don't think you necessarily should have made that call. But, you know, with baseball, with a lot of these, you know, with a lot of these sports, they're not reversing that. Once they call it, it's called. Yeah. No, 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 I, I, I absolutely agree. And, and look, you know, it, you know, this, this happens a bit, but right. It, it happens all the time. You get, you get a disputed call and, you know, it can change the, the course of a game. It can change the course of a playoff series. In this case, the game was the playoff series. Um, I don't know, it, it, it just, it, I mean, look, if, if I was, if I was a new baseball fan and, you know, and I was, you know, and I decided, hey, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna watch this game. Not, not, not certainly not a good impression for, for Braves fans, but I mean, I, I understand. You know, there was, there was a lot of, uh, lot of emotions running high in this game because, didn't, didn't they lose in, in a kind of a similar dramatic fashion last, last year as far as not getting into the playoffs? I mean, they were part of that crazy last day of the season. Um, I don't remember exactly what happened with them, but I know that they were they were you know up and they should have won and then ended up not getting in and that the Cardinals got in instead, which yeah. we know and, how that turned out. Yeah. And so, that you know that last day of the season is really kind of from what I've heard, le- what led to them adding the second wild card team to kind of recreate that that feeling that we we naturally got that last year because the way the season played out, but this year they kind of made that by having these two one game play ins. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it's, it's not very fair to a team like Atlanta who, you know, by the way, let's just remember you picked them to go to the World Series. I look, you know, they they, they had the pieces there. Um, and, and I mean, who who last year would have guessed that the Cardinals were, were going to go all the way aside from like the most diehard Cardinals fans? Which even so, they probably wouldn't have necessarily guessed. I mean, yeah, it, it's totally yeah. up in the air with the playoffs. You know, whatever team gets hot experience, you know, good pitching. Um, it comes down to that, but yeah, um, you know the the really interesting thing for me is that you got a guy like Chipper Jones, who I don't know exactly how many years he played on Atlanta. Um, you know, what has he been there since like '97? '90? I think before that. Before that, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, I mean, he's been there for so long, and he's just been the face of that franchise. And his last game is kind of marred with controversy. So yeah, it's, I mean- it's sad for his legacy. Yeah, I mean, he he played he played for the Braves for uh for, from ninety three to two thousand twelve. Yeah, so ninety three. That makes more sense. Yeah. But you know, they did get they did get to interview him one last time during the press conference, and uh, he showed up in an affliction shirt, forty whatever year old man wearing an affliction shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, I have no comment on that. Well, uh, I mean, you have a lot of affliction shirts, so you're probably insulted that I said that. Yeah, just the closets closets filled with them. Yeah. Um. But you know, so I I, I think, and, and we'll talk a little bit about the the weekend games as well. Um, but I mean, look, 
the end of the day, these games so far have been have been pretty good, and I, I think we, we've seen the gamut from from really close games to to just dominating performances. I think it bodes well for the rest of the playoffs. Oh yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, you know, I'm not feeling too good about you know I, I'm feeling good about the Tigers right now, but not feeling good about the Orioles or the Nats. But well, let's let's start off by talking about your Tigers. Uh, you know, you 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 mentioned a couple criteria just a few minutes ago of. You know, teams with good pitching, teams that with, with experience, and teams that are hot late in the season. And I'll tell you what, if you have to check, if there is one team that I think you, you can check all three of those off with right now, it's Detroit Tigers. Yeah, and um, they're playing great right now. They're up, they're up two games, nothing. The A's, who I was pretty scared to play because they were the hot team coming in. But, um, you know, it's the, the Tigers-A's series – mirrors a lot of the Nationals um, Cardinals series if you think about it you got a you got a young hot team in the A's um, versus you know a more experienced team in the Tigers that um, definitely has the edge on talent yeah and, and I and I think in in both series you know you, you've got you've got a situation where and I, I think especially for for the Nationals this this is not going to be their last year in the playoffs right they they have they have the talent and the youth to be there kind of over and over again. So if they if they don't make it all the way, if they kind of struggle in the, the first round, it's a warning experience, right? And, and obviously, you know, as both of us live in DC, it'd be nice to kind of be in a city where you know, there's World Series games going on, but. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's a completely lost year if, if they don't make it out of this first round. Oh no, I don't think anybody expected the Nationals to end up with the best record in the NL, maybe the best record in baseball. Yeah. Um, and I watched most of the game today and listened to a lot of it. Um, you know, they they Nats played yesterday and they won, I think two to one or three to two, and then they played today and just got absolutely clobbered. Uh, I think twelve to four was the final, and it it wasn't yeah. even that close. I mean that yeah. the Cardinals just controlled every inning. Well, and and the ball just seemed like it was jumping out of the park today, and I don't, I mean, I don't know why that was, but I mean, I I think there were there were a number of home runs in that game. Yeah, and the Nats the Nats started getting hot. They were um, what, they scored a run, and I think it was they cut the lead to four eight, and Bryce was on second, and Bryce Harper, you know, you kind of you live by his aggressiveness, you die by his aggressiveness. Uh, he aggressively tried to get to third on the throw back to the plate, and uh, he got they cut it off, threw it to third, and tagged him out. And uh, it didn't end the inning, but it got the second out and kind of killed that momentum and that run they had. Whereas they would have had one out with a guy with a guy on second, and the heart of their lineup was still coming up. Yeah, well, and and he also needs to not strike out four times. Yeah, he. I mean, besides you know one or two hits, he's been just kind of a K machine lately. Yeah, well, and like. This is his first year. He's still what, like twelve? Like he'll get better. Oh, definitely. But he gets it in his own head a lot, and you can just tell he he strikes out and gets really mad, and then he strikes out again and gets even more mad. And just builds on that. Um, yeah, he's a it, fun player to watch when he's doing well, but when he's struggling, it's just he's just up there whiffing and just trying to hit the ball out of the park every time. Well, it is one of those one of those things where when he strikes out, it doesn't seem like he strikes out once. It seems like he strikes out like three or four times. But when he has a good game, you know, he'll do. It's like you said, he'll go like three for four and hit for like five RBIs. Yeah. So he complete feast or famine 
I mean, that's that's all on the coaching staff. And I, I think I think this team is going to be fired up when they get back to D.C. Yeah. Uh, this this series is probably going five games, and you know I think the Nats are going to win. The Nats are going to win on Wednesday at home. I think the crowd is going to fire them up, um, and I think that I think that'll be a really good game for them. Yeah. Well, I I do too. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But you know that game on Wednesday, and, and we we were talking about this before before we we went on the pod today. It's a one o'clock game on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday, when people have to work during election season in Washington D.C. Yeah, I, I just I don't, which which means it's a which means it's it's a noon game in in St. Louis. I I just I don't I just don't understand. Like I understand that that you know that that Major League Baseball really wants to show these these Yankee games at night. Right? Like, like they they really want to make sure that they're their franchise, you know, gets gets primetime coverage. Well, is it their only? Is it really their only big media market? No, not 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 at all. I mean, well, Boston's not in it. LA's not in it. What's yeah, their, but, what's their next biggest? Media? Chicago's not in it. Detroit is that their next biggest one? DC. Yeah, it would have to be DC. It would have to be DC because I think DC is like fourth. I, I think DC is top five. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I guess, you know, I understand what they're thinking. They don't want their games going up against each other. They want to make sure they get all these games in. But and, and again, I, I understand that. But, you know, St. Louis is a is I mean, to some, it's the baseball town. Right. I mean, you, you've got you know, you, you've got other kind of exciting storylines here to, to bury a game at. Yeah, to, to, to bury a game at. At one o'clock, to me, especially with, with with a franchise that that frankly, I mean, can become kind of the, the toast of the NL in the coming years, and I think if you're Major League Baseball, it can be very profitable for you. Um, because I'm I'm assuming that that you know that that they they make some money whenever a Bryce Harper or Steven Strasburg, you know, jersey or whatever gets gets sold. So I I just don't understand kind of where. Where, where this one o'clock game thing is, you know, this this isn't a game in the middle of, you know, July. That's, you know, it, this isn't like a Cubs home game in in, you know, in late July when nobody cares anymore and it's just, you know, let's let's go to the bleachers and drink. It's these games matter. You should put them in a in a place where people can watch them. Yeah, and they're gonna get. I mean, they would get better ratings having two games against each other. I would think. Than having having a game at one o'clock. I mean, it's just, um, you know, I don't know. It's, I just think it's a it's a bad move by MLB. But then you know they can't put the Detroit game at one o'clock because the Detroit game's on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, and I guess they could put Cincinnati and uh, the Giants. But again, the Giants are playing. If they want to at least try to get some of the San Francisco fans, I can't have that game at one o'clock either. So yeah. unless they're putting the Yankees at one, which they're not. This is the only this is the only game for it. So if they're gonna have a one o'clock game, they kind of have to have this one as the one o'clock game. Yeah, I, I understand that. I, I just don't understand why you would have both effectively East Coast games on on the same day. Like it, it seems to me like you could stagger, so have you know like Yankees Baltimore on the same day as having Giants Cincinnati. So so potentially you can have, you know, the the late night San Francisco game the same time as. You know, a Baltimore, you know, 
Yeah. You know, you have that later than Baltimore, New York, or, or, or you know, something, just something like that. Well, and, you know, this isn't the Red Sox. You know, we're not talking about a team with a storied history and a loyal following that's going to take the day off of work to watch the game. Most people are going to, you know, maybe listen at their desks, maybe just follow along on the internet, and that's it. And th- this is the first playoff game in D.C. You know, it, it, we can talk about, you know, since whatever year, but, you know, effectively this is the first playoff game in D.C., and by putting it at one o'clock, I've already had two or three people tell me they might not be able to go to the game and might have tickets. Yeah. Because a lot of people can't. I mean, people have jobs and like their life is not the Nats. Yeah, no, no. And, and it, it really is one of those things like, you know, the Nationals haven't built up. The Nationals haven't built themselves up yet to the point where they can be an excuse for taking a day off of work. Exactly. So, you know, I, I hope that one day that. They can get to that point, but they're not there yet. Right. This isn't the Cubs. This isn't the Red Sox. You know, it's not the Yankees. It's not the Mets. Yeah. This is the Nationals, and, you know, say what you want about Nationals fans. They've been great this year, but that's it. They've been great this year. Yeah. No, no. And, and look, you know, we've, we have seen this team kind of hit highs artificially and, and then just dip right back down. Um, and, and, you know, we, we've seen attendance kind of, you know, Hit, hit those peaks and valleys with it. Yeah, but they're at least going to have a second game in D.C., and I don't know what time the game for Thursday is scheduled yet. Um, but it's good. You know, there will be another game, and hopefully that one is, you know, a 4 o'clock or a 6 o'clock game, so so it's more accessible. Um, and the other thing that the they're doing, and I think they're actually doing with the Nats game, is that game's going to be on MLB TV, or the MLB Network when it's on. Um, just like the Tigers game yesterday was on MLB Network, and most of my friends don't get that unless you pay for the premium package. Yeah. Uh, I think Major League Baseball really needs to think about the fact that they're not the number one sport in America, and these games are exciting. People want to watch them, but yeah. they need to be accessible. Well, and you know, and, and we because we, we were talking about this the other day when you went to TBS's website, they advertised the Tigers game. Right? I mean, they, they advertised that that Tigers game was going to be on, but it wasn't. Yeah, my brother didn't know until about five minutes before the game that the game wasn't on TBS. And then since he doesn't get it, he had to, he had to you know, get dressed on a Sunday and go out and go to a sports bar to watch it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and with everything that we're saying about how bad the MLB is making these games unaccessible, Awful Announcing had an article up today that the two wildcard games on Friday – um, where total ratings hit and actually drew more viewers on those two wildcard games than the entire 2011 division series. Yeah. So, well, I mean, they 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 know what they're doing with they, this. Yeah, I mean, they know what they're doing, but it's just kind of annoying for the fans of the teams when you know the games aren't on the network that you want to watch, or they're at a time when it's really kind of inaccessible. Uh, absolutely. But as as the playoffs go on, there's going to be less teams. I don't think they're going to have any games with that weird scheduling in the ALCS. I think they're all at night for the ALCS. Well, well, you know, one of the things that that usually drives ratings and interest is, uh, and especially in baseball, is is heroes and, and unlikely heroes. And we saw we saw a number of them this this past weekend. Um, we we saw Tyler Moore from from the Nationals. We saw Don Kelly. Um, from from your Detroit Tigers, any anyone else? Yeah, and don't forget um, today during the Nats Cardinals game, John Jay 
He's their center fielder. He's a guy who I only know him because his name is kind of ridiculous. Um, Mr. Mr. John Jay. Uh, he had a great play in center field where he crashed into the wall, made the catch. Um, it probably would have been a, a Danny Espinosa triple. Uh, and then he had a pretty clutch hit to continue pushing that lead forward. See, I, I actually don't think that, that John did, that, that John Jay, and I, I saw you added this to, to our, our notes. You know, he's, I forget how many years he's been with, with the Cardinals, but he's actually a decent player. I mean, he, he's a, he's a career 300 um, player. You know, he's played in, you know, he's played for a couple of years, but, and, and I think he's kind of come, you know, in and out of the minors, but, you know, he, he's not one of those guys that, you know, when, when I saw him up there, I was like, John, like, is there another John Jay that I don't know about? Because the John Jay that that plays for the Cardinals, it's not an awful guy. Um, but, but but these other two, I mean, it just seems like like they literally almost came from cleaning the bathrooms and they, did, they just called them out onto the field and they, they just did magic. Yeah. And the Washington Post had all kinds of Tyler Moore um, puns today, you know. Um, I think they had what was it more more like it? That's more like it. I think is what they had, and you know it's it's pretty easy to make puns with his name. But uh, Don Kelly, had, he was designated for assignment at least once this year by the Tigers. Um, yeah. He's been a he's been a Jim Leland favorite for a long time. He's kind of one of those utility guys that can play. I think he can pitch. He can play every infield position, and I'm pretty sure he can pitch too. He's he's our emergency catcher. Um, he's not a he's not a great hitter. He hits. 186 i think for the year um but he had he had if, if that's your definition of not a great hitter I, I would hate i would hate to see who you would think is like a horrible hitter <laughs> because that's that sucks yeah i mean you know he's, i'm trying to defend the guys on my team <laughs> and, and jim leland is his number one fan i mean jim leland follows him on twitter and all this stuff he loves the guy but um Don Kelly with a bases loaded uh, RBI sack fly to put the Tigers up. Um, it was just it was just pretty great. Yeah, and you know, and, and again, I mean, first of all, the, the the wild pitches in that game were were absolutely absurd. I mean, that that was that was just totally a game where where you're and 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 I I know that I I, I told you this earlier today. I've I've just been listening to these games on the radio just because I think that that radio is is kind of perfect for uh for for, for baseball. But I I was on the edge of my seat that entire game, and and when 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 actually when when Kelly when Kelly ended up winning it, you you called me and cut the radio broadcast off, so I didn't actually get to hear the call. But I will take your word for it. Yeah, well, Don Kelly with the walk off off <laughs> sack fly. Um. And let's see, Don Kelly's probably gonna be batting third the next game. That's, that's yeah. Leland loves him. Yeah, uh, but, he, he, he's he's gonna be your, your next Brandon Inge. Like he'll he'll sign like a big contract. Like he'll he'll be on that team for for the next. How, how old is he? He's gonna be a young guy, right? Yeah, he's you know probably twenty seven, twenty eight. Oh, you sign him for a ten year deal. Just just lock him up. Oh man, Chipper Kelly. So we'll just start. <laughs> All right. Well. There was there was a little bit more going on in the world of sports this weekend. Than, than Real quick, what is what is you know before we move off of baseball? Before we do it, um, what do you think? What are your what's your pick for the World Series right now? Kind of after seeing these first few games, I'm gonna stick with the Braves. 
I, I've been ready to come back. Now, I look. I um. I I think it's gonna be Tigers cards. Tigers I, cards. Yeah. Uh, well, that was the World Series a couple years ago. I know. Hopefully, I, it turns out a little better this time. We uh we we shall see. Um, I, I, I don't want to pick the Tigers, but. I mean, I think they're looking pretty good. The A's were the the A's were the team I was really afraid of. Um, I'm not I'm not as worried about the the you know the Yankees are hit or miss. Um, you know the Orioles have been good this year, but I think we can beat the Orioles. So um, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Tigers in the AL, but uh, I gotta say Cincinnati in the NL. They just seem like the most complete team. All right, all right. Well, stay 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 with us. Stay tuned over the. Uh... Over the, the coming weeks. Yeah, as, probably the uh, death now that we both just picked the Tigers. So. Exactly. Looks exactly. like the A's are going to be in the World Series. <laughs> well, move, moving on from, from the wonderful world of baseball to uh, to football. You know, I, I wish I could say a big week in, in football, but not really. At least not in the NFL, no. It was... Uh, yeah, pretty snoozer of a weekend. I, I didn't even watch that much football because I was watching baseball. And I'd flip to red zone, you know, every once in a while in between innings. But, um, you know, aside from really one game, I didn't even watch the Sunday night game. Yeah, I I don't even remember what the Sunday night game was. It was the the, the New Orleans and San Diego. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, my my fantasy teams were were set but by the time that game better. you had a good week me i lost in both leagues for the third for the third week in a row so i'll be shaking things up but you know the, i mean in that in that sunday night game you know neither of us really even cared but no. reset that record for most consecutive games with a touchdown is do you care about that record at all you know it, it's one of those things i i guess to some extent it it's it's kind of like someone passing the the DiMaggio record, except for it doesn't mean shit. But I, I just I don't think I mean, look, f- football records just don't mean anything. Like it it just seems like one of those things. I mean, we for for as much as people love fantasy football, and certainly we do, it's it's not as it's not a sport that really relies heavily on on numbers. Right, it's it's not like baseball where it's just it's so it's just so nerdtastic and, and you know and, and you can just sit there and pour over numbers. I, I think because of that, records mean more in baseball. I just don't think they mean the same thing in football. No, I mean, and there's you know Brett Favre's record what was a consecutive games played. Um, yeah, I, that I, that one I think is interesting. Just like the Cal Ripken record, I think is so interesting. Yeah. But throwing a touchdown pass, I mean, there's it's such, the league is so high scoring now, and it's so much yeah. more high scoring than it than it was. It's such a more passing league. Um, well, and you know, and they they play more games now, which I think I think actually plays to, to Drew Brees' benefit because oh, definitely if he's if he's on a roll, you, know, you don't have to you know there, there's less there's less inconsistency from year to year w- with your team. It just you know, uh, with with these records, sometimes it kind of like tugs at your heartstrings, and it's you know, it's, it's a good, it's a feel good story. I just didn't care as much as I wanted to. I didn't care. And the one, you know, the, the interesting thing about it, I will say, is that you see teams get shut out. I mean, we saw a game that was six three or nine nine six, whatever it was. That the Kansas City Baltimore game, it was a field goal fest. So. The fact that they haven't had a game like that in 48 games, and not only have they not had a game like that in 48 games, 
they've had a game with a passing touchdown in 48 yeah. games. That's impressive. That's a, as a team, that's impressive. Um, and I think that's what it really comes down to is, you know, yes, Drew Brees made the pass, but he had the offensive line to protect him to make the pass. He had the receivers to make the catch. It's it's not just his record. It's It took a lot of people for that to happen. No, I, I, I agree with that. It doesn't make me care anymore. No, I mean, and the other interesting thing is that you see guys getting rest week 16, week 17 yeah. every year. And even with him potentially getting rest, he still was able to get in there and throw a touchdown and yeah. keep that record alive. So, I mean, you know, congrats, I guess. Like, it's it's interesting. And, you know, ESPN likes it because it's one of the only storylines from yesterday. But yeah, not I'm not really a Saints fan. And, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the, the one good game from yesterday was uh, was Indianapolis and Green Bay, which which I, I, I think qualifies for kind of the shocker of the year at this point. Because I don't think anyone expected uh, any to win this game, but you know I think we're only what five five weeks into the season. It was only it was it was Andrew Luck's fifth game. Is this you know are people going to look back after this year is over at this game and say you know this is where he he planted the flag and announced that he was here? I've never been all that impressed with Andrew Luck until yesterday. I mean, that, I didn't watch the whole game, but the passes he was making at the end of the game were crisp. The, you know, the one to Reggie Wayne to, to win the game was a great pass. Um, you know, he threw the ball a lot. He threw the ball 55 times, which yeah. just kind of scanning over looks like it's the most, you know, it's the most pass attempts of anybody um, this weekend. I guess Matt Ryan passed it 52 times, but it, it was it was a really impressive win. Green Bay is. You know, I, we've said a couple times that we think that they're going to be reeling from that from that loss to Seattle. Um, and I think, I don't know if we can really blame this game on it, but um, they've had I, a few of the most interesting losses of the year. Yeah, I also think that they may not be good. Like, they, they, they may not be, like, there might be some deficiencies. There might be some some residual just assumptions of greatness with Green Bay. Um, and obviously they... they yeah, I, I think it's easy to say that they can turn it back on, but I, I feel like I'm kind of with Green Bay, almost where I am with with New Orleans, where it's like, oh yeah, they'll they they've always been great. They'll they're, they'll turn it back on, but you don't really know that. Yeah, I think that people do just kind of assume Green Bay is great. Um, their defense is really bad. They have no running game, especially now they lost Cedric Benson, so they have yeah. less of a running game. Um, you know, and I'm surprised that they're, they're not throwing the ball more. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't get it. You know, they, they, they have all those weapons there. Although I mean, they lost, they also lost BJ Raji and, um, Finley. I oh, think. wow. I didn't realize BJ Raji got hurt too. Yeah. I, I, and I don't know, I don't know how long the, the only thing I saw was that, that they, that, that he had to leave the game, but it, it's one of those things, you know, this is. Yeah, you know, that could be the difference between a good team and and a, and a decent team, right? And and decent teams oftentimes either don't make the playoffs or they don't go very far. So, yeah, um, it it it'll be interesting to see where they go. You know, they're they're under five hundred right now. I don't really remember the last time they were under five hundred. Um, it, it's 
it's still early. I mean, let's let's have this conversation on week eight, week nine. Where's their third? Oh, their third loss was to the Bears, right? Or did they beat the Bears? Oh, they beat the crap out of the Bears. So what was their third loss? They lost the Colts and the Seahawks and the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they lost their first game to the 49ers. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it it'll be interesting. It it is early, but we you know Green Bay is two and three. Um, and the Vikings surprisingly are four and one right now, as are the Bears. So they got a lot of competition in that division right now. They they really do. And, and look, I don't I don't think your Lions are very good, but I think you're dangerous. You know, if they I, if they put if they put it together, and I guess that's the definition of dangerous. If they put it together, they can be scary. Yeah. So look, I don't you know I wouldn't want to play you guys in any given week because you never know when when your offense is going to blow up for forty two points. Yeah. So we'll see. A- absolutely. Well, well, now now let's uh let's let's do a little transition here to us uh, the the world of fantasy football. Um, you know, again, some some mixed success here for uh for for those of us here on the pod, but you know there there are some guys. It's it's week five, so so we we've had a chance to see um you know who are some real bros, who are some real foes here. Uh, as, as far as you know, who's going to be successful uh, for the rest of your fantasy football? Uh, if if you've got a guy who's who, who you've been starting, who's been kind of crap in the bed for you, you, you may be thinking of trading him or letting him go. Is it is it too early, or or may it be too late to start throwing in the towel on some fantasy players? I feel like with fantasy football, you can never really throw in the towel. Um, and I've I want to. I've lost three in a row in our league and possibly four in a row in my other league, depending on how Aaron Foster does tonight. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's frustrating, but you're not playing for draft picks. You don't get anything for, for tanking the rest of the season. Um, you know, unless you want to do some, some colluding or something like that um, and send somebody some players, but it's not, it's too early. You know, I'm not out yet. Even if you've lost every week, even if you're 0 and five, you can still end up, you know, you could still turn around and go eleven and five. It's unlikely, but you could do it. Yeah, and and it's you know, and, and I I play baseball and football, and obviously it's a lot easier with baseball because you're you just have more weeks. Um, but yeah, for for football, if if you if you get off to a fast start, I mean you're you're sitting pretty. If if you get off to a shit start, it's it's not looking good. But you know, there, there are you know, I think there are some guys out there. Who, who, if if you haven't, you might be given. You know, obviously, Chris Johnson is is the one that everyone is talking about right now. He had he had one good game a couple weeks ago, but and that's relative. Does he even have any touchdowns this year? I don't know. I mean, I don't he, think he has any touchdowns. I mean, he he had that he had one good game, and then yesterday he was just awful. Yeah, I mean, it, just, it, I mean everybody on Tennessee was awful. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I think we can all agree Matt Hasselbeck is probably the worst quarterback in the league right now. I mean, well, who would say is worse? The worst uh, start. It may be Brandon Whedon. Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I think I think Whedon shows some promise. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I I would I would say that the two of them are are pretty much on par, but one of them at least has the potential of going up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know, Boyne Gabbert maybe? Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You guys throw in there? Eh, I, I wouldn't put Fitzpatrick in there. I, he threw for 126 yards. God, that sucks. That's horrible. That's a bad day for a receiver. Well, not a bad day for a receiver, but still. Uh, I don't know, how are the how are the Jets doing right now? How's uh, it was fourteen? Yeah, it's fourteen seven still, uh, but the Jets are in the red zone actually. So oh, this game is okay. more interesting. Forty nine seconds left in the second quarter, and um, yeah. you know I don't know. The Jets are Jets are looking okay. Surprisingly, the spread on this was nine. It was one of our our natty parlay picks, but um, I don't know. I I also I think the Jets fall apart in the second half. I don't really see. I, I don't really see that the 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 the, the Texans coming out of the second and half. Sanchez pass short left uh, intercepted. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, uh, how? Wait. What, what, it, now it was intercepted for 86 yards, and Houston has it first and goal. <laughs> so just like that, Houston is about to go up by two touchdowns, probably. What what perfect timing as as we're talking about <laughs> about, about horrible quarterbacks. Yes. Um, you know, two two quarterbacks that that I, I think get a lot of got get a lot of fantasy play. One one veteran and one rookie, uh, RG three and Michael Vick. Um, two guys that have just gotten beaten up like crazy this year. Um, you know, if if you and, and and let's face it, I mean, you know, we we've already seen RG three get knocked out of the game last week. Um, it's it's gonna happen at some point with Vic. Are you uh are you on the Kirk Cousins Nick Folds bandwagon here? Or are, are, are you behind their handcuffs? I was excited to see Cousins come into the game, and it actually happened right when Don Kelly hit that hit that walk off. So um, Facebook text messages were all blowing up with either Don Kelly or Cousins tweets. Um, and Cousins came in and made a great play at an eighty yard pass for a touchdown to Santana Moss. Um, but the thing you get with Cousins is once, you know, before he gets settled in, he's going to start getting you some, some interceptions. He did that his first couple years at Michigan State, and um, he's got to get a little comfortable. So he had two interceptions, and they were both really big interceptions. Uh, granted, it's, yeah. against, it's against the the Atlanta defense. Yeah, and remember, I mean, this was the same Atlanta defense that just obliterated Peyton Manning. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't feel too bad about it. You know they they the the Redskins Redskins play Minnesota next week. I mean they they have, they have a tough next couple of games because they play Minnesota at the Giants and at Pittsburgh. So I mean th- you know that's got to be tough. Um, so I mean, and I'm sure that that RG three is going to be back for for one of those games. But you know look I mean again this is a team that that frankly. I don't know why Shanahan has decided to 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 manage RG three like he has, but I mean we talked about this last week. He's a ticking time bomb to get knocked out of a game. It happened. Do you think Shanahan is going to change the way that they that they play RG three? Do you think that we're going to see more more pocket stuff, or, or do you think he's just going to continue to put him out there and put him in situations to just get knocked around? Well, apparently the play that. RG3 got hurt on wasn't even designed run play. It was where he checked down, didn't see any receivers open, and so he scrambled with the ball and got hit. Uh, so and it and it did seem like a little bit of a late hit, but it, that's what people are doing against him. I mean, he's he's a he's a nice guy from everything I hear, but yeah. guys, he's the he's the hot talk of the town right now. You know, it's the young guys, so guys are gonna try to take him out. 
Um, and we see that these mobile athletic quarterbacks are really what are what are the hot thing right now and getting drafted. But you start seeing guys getting hurt like this, and maybe maybe we're going to see them stepping away from that. Eh, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I I still think that having a mobile athletic quarterback as, as long as as long as he can throw the ball is still so dangerous. So, but you you never know. Yeah, as long as it's not uh, Denard Robinson, of course. Because he can't throw the ball. No, no, he's that team doesn't count. When well, we were talking about, you know, that you you're not playing for draft picks and that you're, you know, it's it's too early to say you're out of it throwing in the towel. Do you think there should be some sort of incentive in fantasy football, kind of like there is in soccer, to not end up with the worst record? So, so effectively having a a SACO award, a SACO award, but having some real consequences for it, like you, the worst record isn't in the league anymore. For the for the next year, or do you think that it's just kind of taking it too far and people just want to play fantasy football? I mean, I, I think it depends on your league, right? I think in in our league, I I could see, I could, I could even see like if you come in last, you have to pay, you have to pay your league fee double, right? So in, instead of twenty five bucks, you have to pay an extra twenty five at the end of the season. Yeah, I like that. Um. Or so, you got to you got to throw the league party. You got to buy beer for the league party. Yeah, or some something like that. Yeah, because Bill Simmons I, talks about his league a lot and how they ha- they can vote one guy out of the league. And I think you know, that's great if you have a lot of guys that are committed and willing to come back the following yeah. year. But most leagues, I think, if you kick a guy out for a season, he's not coming back. No. Well, and look, like, you got to remember, I, I think, and, and I, I base this on no actual quantitative evidence here. But my guess is that most fantasy football leagues are like work leagues. It's just a bunch of people who do it out of, you know, just because they, they're already friends and they have like a mild interest in it. Yeah, I, I think I think for the most part, those who cares? Because you know by the end of the season, half the people that, that are <laughs> I, I love how I can hear every every little motion of you opening your beer. <laughs> um but, but you know you know that, that half the people in in those leagues aren't even going to be checking their rosters by by you know week ten. That's but, why you should have something in there to keep guys to keep guys participating. Yeah, no, I I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. So yeah. it was just something that came to my mind when we were talking about it. So absolutely. Well, it's uh it's that time again. It's time for for America's favorite Natty Bros podcast segment time for mixed case and uh first topic on uh on our our mixed case this week you know i I don't remember the last time that i I don't even remember what year the last diehard came out but i I guess oh it was probably oh seven oh eight well and and i and i will admit i actually have not seen the trailer I, i know you sent it to me but I have not actually seen the trailer. Go ahead and just just give us a rundown for for, for what this this movie is going to be about. So, and I watched it about a week ago, so I don't exactly remember everything that happened in it. But it's your it's your typical Die Hard movie. Um, it's got Bruce Willis in it. It's got some attractive female in it. Um, it's called The Good Day to Die Hard. And I was, I was like, are you serious? Like, are they really coming out with another one? Because the last one, I don't know if you saw it, the last one was 
absolute garbage. No, I don't think I actually saw it. And this I, one, and, and what it says in the description on IMDb, start. Russia. So that's oh. all it says. <laughs> Not a ton of info about it yet. Sounds horrible. But guess, I'm, like, all, I'm all about the Bruce Willis bandwagon. I don't even know if you can call it bandwagon, but whatever. The Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis train after Looper. It was awesome in Looper. And we'll get into that. Her blood out of the diehard stone just doesn't make any sense. They, they should have ended it after Die Hard 2. Just end it. I see, I love Die Hard 3. Die Hard with a Vengeance. It, that, that was actually the first one I saw. Because um, it came out when I was in, what, like, second grade, third grade. and um, I really like it. But this one, looking at the cast list, um, I haven't heard of anybody in this movie except Patrick Stewart is rumored to be in it. That's random. Yeah, but I can't. I don't know any of the any, any of the co-stars in it. Um, well, but, let's uh, let's go from a Bruce Willis movie that I will, with a hundred percent assurance, probably not see, to one that that we both just saw this weekend, uh, independently of each other, since I'm sitting here in Ohio and you're in DC. Um, how much did you love Looper? Two thumbs way up. Uh, the way I will describe it, and we're going to try really hard not to spoil it, uh, because that would be really cruel to spoil this movie for anybody. It would really take a, a true jackass to spoil a movie yeah. like this. At least somebody who's very drunk and doesn't realize they're spoiling it. Exactly, exactly. Um, but it, I am a big fan of sci-fi movies and future movies and you know, really, really cool concept-type movies. Um, and Looper lived up to the concept, which most of these movies don't. I, you know, I think to some of the other sci-fi movies I've seen recently, the Source Code, In Time, The Adjustment Bureau, all sounded like awesome concepts, especially In Time. I thought the concept for In Time was just really, really something you could do a lot with. Was, was, was that the Justin Timberlake movie? Yeah, it was the one where it's Julian yeah. Murphy and um, yeah, it's time, time is excellency because everybody only lives 25 years. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I thought it was okay. I mean, it's a, I it's it a, sounded a, great. I thought the movie itself was total garbage. It's a perfect Netflix movie. It's an absolutely perfect Netflix movie. Yeah. It, it's not too long. There's like there's enough action there to kind of keep you interested. And then before you know it, it's over. And then like whatever you're waiting for is done. It's I don't know. I was I was bored during it. Um, See, I I, I actually and this isn't an in time review. This is a Looper review. Yes, and I actually, and I will mention another movie in relation to Looper. I actually went into Looper thinking it was going to be somewhat similar. I, I thought I would come away feeling the same way I did after Total Recall. And the, and Total the, the, the most recent one, you know, with um, Colin Farrell. Yeah, with Colin Farrell. And I, I kind of came out of Total Recall feeling like time I, I could have probably spent those two hours doing something else. Yeah. But I really enjoyed coming to the Looper. I thought, first of all, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I don't, I don't know if he was trying to look like a young De Niro, but like, like his, like his facial expressions, like the way his makeup and hair is done, like everything, he just kind of looked like a young Robert De Niro. I mean, I think he was trying to look like a young Bruce Willis. Yeah. And not, 
No, I mean, he was. Like, they, yeah, they, I, I, said it. they did his makeup to make him look like Bruce Willis. Yeah, I know that, but I don't know, like, he just kind of came across very De Niro-ish to me. Um, I see that. Which, which, I mean, look, is, is a, a great compliment. Um, I, he did a great job. Yeah, I think he did a fantastic job. And I thought the director of this movie, um, Rain Johnson, he's directed a bunch of episodes of Breaking Bad and some of the best episodes of Breaking Bad. Um, he also directed the, the film noir-style movie called Brick. Huh. Uh, it's, on, it's it's streaming on Netflix. It's it's pretty good. It's about it's like a high school detective movie. Um, it's very stylistic, but it's it's pretty good. Um, and this was kind of his first major movie. And I heard about it a couple months ago, and I was pumped for this movie. And I'm really glad that it, it delivered. Um, and everybody I've talked to about it's really liked it too. It's got great reviews. The only slightly negative thing I've heard about it was on Grantland, and they didn't love it. Yeah, I didn't. I, I haven't read it yet because I, I wanted to, to hold off from reading reviews until I actually saw it. And I, I just saw it on Saturday night. Um, uh, look, I thought, you know, again, without giving anything away, there were decent plot twists. Acting was pretty solid. Um, Jeff Daniels was great. This is one of the best roles I've seen him in probably since Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I, I was I was actually pleasantly surprised to see Jeff Daniels. And I thought he did a good job. I didn't even know he was going to be in it. Yeah, I didn't either. It, it, it was totally one of those things where you're just sitting there. I was like, holy shit, it's Jeff Daniels. And he's and at, perfect for the role. Yeah, and at first I thought it was just going to be, you know, like a, my, like a brief cameo appearance. But then he stuck around. Yeah. So. And there was some there were some funny parts of that movie, too. They did a really good job kind of mixing in humor, and it didn't seem unnatural. No. No. Oh. no you're, you're right. I, I think, again, if you uh, – if you have a chance, even if you don't have a chance, you need to make a chance. Go out and see this movie. Yeah. Skip, skip a, uh, skip this Monday Night Football game that's on right now, or one of these games that you think is going to be a blowout, and uh, head over to your local Megaplex and and check this movie out. They also did a really good job with kind of the flashbacks and flash forwards. Yeah. There's the one scene where he meets Bruce Willis's character for the first time, and they do kind of a couple alternate flash forwards and it, it makes sense when you see it, how they all fit together. Um, and I thought those were really, really interesting. Yeah, no. And again, they, it was, it was a story that in so many times these things are just too predictable, but it was a story that was able to keep you on your toes. The action was, was, you know, was fast enough where, where you, you, you felt like there was nothing that lagged. And uh, dialogue was solid. The acting was solid. All around a solid film. Yeah, and they had a lot of references to other films, and that's what was in the Grantland article. They talked a lot about um, Joe, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, uh, was actually based a lot on the character Rick from Casablanca. And the city, the kind of futuristic look of the city, was based a lot on Blade Runner, which a lot of sci-fi futuristic movies are. Yeah. Um, And there were a lot of other... A lot of other references in there, too. Um, but, yeah, Bruce Wells is a badass. Jeff Daniels was good. Yeah, I think we both recommend it. All right, well, it's uh, it's time now for the chug. Your uh, your your weekly dose of your, your weekly chance to shotgun some some topics with us. Uh, Brooks, you want to you want to start us off here? Yes, I do, sir. All right. So. We're going to go 30 seconds apiece for the chug. All right. Our first topic, biggest surprise loss of the weekend. 
Florida State, LSU, Georgia, or other? I'm going to go ahead and say Florida State. You know, I, I mean, first of all, we both called LSU losing, so that, that's not a surprise at all. Georgia lost to uh, to what to number six South Carolina. Yeah, so that, that's not, not much of an upset. Yeah, it's not really much of an upset. You know, it was a relatively close game, but Florida State. Everyone, you know, so many people thought this was going to be Florida State's year. You know, they obviously had the talent. Um, they they just couldn't close out the game. Big surprise loss for them. Yeah, I hate to just agree with you on this when I got three choices, but um, you're totally right. It, it's definitely Florida State, and I think everybody would agree with that too. Florida State was the number three team in the country. Um, they were up 16 to nothing at halftime, ended up losing 17 to six. And North Carolina State just you know, really shocked them, shocked the world. Uh, great victory for that program. Yeah. The on, the only kind of thing that makes us not that surprising is that this is Florida State, and they do this every year. They, they, they really do. Well, go ahead and, and uh, mo- moving on to our next topic, um, the the uh, the affirmation or the aforementioned uh, uh, Sunday night game last night, Saints versus Chargers. Uh, Sean Payton, the the, um, the the coach of the Saints that has been basically banned from even looking at a football for, for, for the entirety of the year, was was in the crowd for the Saints game. Got a lot of play on ES on on uh, on, on the broadcast. D- did you care? Is this something that you actually cared about? Not at all. Because he's yeah he was a coach and he's banned, but. I mean, he's, he's at the game. Like, I, I just don't see what the big deal is. He's not out there coaching. He's not he's not signing plays to to Drew Brees from the crowd. Oh, and I was there watching a guy that he's worked with. Um, it, I mean, it's a slow news week. That was stupid. You know, I'm going to be a little contrarian with you and say I do care, and I do care for this reason. I care because it only serves to show the absolute absurdity of this band for Sean Payton, right? I mean... The, the the fact that we are not outraged by this, when, when this guy has been legitimately, I mean, he cannot even talk to to assistant coaches or players. It 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 just highlights the absurdity of Roger Goodell and and the way that he runs this uh, this league. Yeah, uh, moving on. Your biggest college game of this weekend. We got. A couple good ones. It seems like college football just has the better matchups lately. The NFL, again, looks like another slow week. Um, so some of the big college football games that we have this weekend. We got Texas, Oklahoma, 15 versus 13. Stanford, Notre Dame, 17 versus 7. And South Carolina at LSU. Uh, which of these do you think is the biggest game of the weekend? Oh, I think it's Notre Dame-Stanford. I think if, you know, look, I, I, I want to believe that Notre Dame is worthy of that seventh spot. I really do. Um, and and frankly, I'm, I'm going to doubt them every single week until we hopefully beat USC. Um, but they need to beat Stanford. We have we have just gotten rocked by them. Obviously, they don't have Andrew Luck right now. They've, they've shown some weakness. But we need to beat Stanford. I think it's the biggest game of the week. And I got to go with South Carolina LSU. Uh, South Carolina is number three in the country right now. Uh, kind of by default because everybody in front of them lost, but they've been really impressive as well. They're six and zero. I'm interested to see how how they can 
handle being number three and all this national pressure on them. They're playing at LSU, which is never an easy place to play. LSU has played poorly a lot of the season and kind of everybody called that loss last week. But um, I can see I can see LSU stepping up in this. This one kind of has upset alert written all over it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I also I mean, remember, you know, the, the old ball coach always has his teams ready to go. Uh, you know, he, he's been there and done that. I um I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Carolina winning this thing. You think Carolina's going to win? I, I I would not be surprised. I'm I'm not I'm not willing to, to throw all my chips on the table on it, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wish the spread for this game was out right now because I'm curious to see if LSU is still favored, which I think they might be. Yeah, I think well, it might be. I think it might be an LSU LSU minus one type thing. Yeah, I was going to say either one or one and a half. Yeah. All right. Next next topic. Um, we'll do a little bro or foe here. Minnesota Vikings. Are they uh, are they for real or are they uh, is this all just an illusion? I got to say that they're a bro. They're looking good. They're four and one right now. Uh, their defense has been good. They're the only team in the league to beat San Francisco, uh, which is quite an accomplishment because San Francisco put up like 600 yards of offense yesterday. Uh, they got, they got some real talented players. Adrian Peterson is not even having as good of a season as he usually does. And they're still being the successful. And uh, I think I'm back on the Christian Ponder bandwagon Christian on Sundays. <laughs> You know, I, I want to disagree with you here. I, I really do. But I, I can't because you look at you look at the games they have coming up. They play Washington, Arizona, Tampa Bay, Seattle, and then Detroit. And and I, I know that that like we're all supposed to be impressed with Arizona and Seattle because they're in the they're in the NFC West. I'm not. I, I think that that Minnesota is going to steamroll over all of these teams. Um you know, they, they do play Chicago, Green Bay, and Chicago coming out of the bye. So, you know, th- that tail end of the season is going to be tough for them. But I, I really do think they're for real. I think if, if Ponder can kind of learn how to manage games, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, and, um, and Chicago will be a real test for them. ESPN today I was listening to it. They described Chicago's defense, and they're talking about them. They said Chicago's defense is better than a, a lot of offenses in the NFL right now. They're better than Chicago's offense. Yeah. Um, so you brought up Arizona, and you know I'm a big fan of the NFC West, and I think it's going to be a dog fight the whole year. Uh, but the Cardinals had a setback. They lost Beanie Wells a couple weeks ago, um, and now they lost their backup running back, a guy who I thought was going to be a fantasy dark horse this year, Ryan Williams, for the whole season. Um, they're now down to their third running back, I think, um, and he's even been injured for a lot of the year too. Um, what do you, what do you think they need to do? Well, I think they either need to trade for someone or they need to they need to put Larry Fitzgerald at running back. I mean, they already have the worst running game in the league, so I mean, they they literally can't get any worse. I mean, they're they're not even they're not even averaging like sixty five yards per per game on on the ground. They, these guys have won games by the skin of their teeth, with the exception of the Philly game. Remember, they they only they only beat. Seattle by four. They only beat New England by two. They only beat Miami by three. And they just got pretty well manhandled by St. Louis. I, I think, you know, they, they play a weak Buffalo team coming up this week. And then they play Minnesota, San Francisco, Green Bay, Atlanta. They, they, they are going to get rocked four weeks in a row. Um, and then they play... St. Louis again after just losing them seventeen to three. Um, you know, again, I've 
have I have said this from the get go. I do not think that this team is for real. I understand that you know everyone loves their defense. I I just I don't believe. I'm not a believer. What are the chances that Patrick Peterson can play both sides of the ball? Maybe maybe he could uh he could play running back. Well, their guy, their guy, Lerod Stevens Howling, is their their next running back to come up, and he's been out the last couple weeks. Um, I guess he did play against Philly and had negative fourteen rushing yards, so uh, that should be interesting. And he's a this guy who went to Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know what they do. I guess they probably got to make a trade. Maybe they can. You know, there was talk of Tiki Barber coming out of retirement last year. Um, maybe they can get Tiki Barber. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um... I, I mean, at, at this point, at least he's healthy, right? You know, they've, they've got no other options. So, I mean, you, you have teams like, you, know, you have teams like, like the Saints that have 90 running backs that they never use. Or, you know, your your Lions have have a couple that, I mean, you've got Kevin Smith just wasting away on the bench, atrophying, like, trade him and just, just get rid of him. This is such a, such a weird year for running backs. I don't think there's been any of that have been super dominant um no you know, and, and and even and even guys like like marshawn lynch or yeah i i guess you you can you can maybe say that you know that, that we've we've seen kind of the normal stuff from from foster and and ray rice but i mean beyond that it, it's it's been there have been a lot of really disappointing performances one last one last fantasy note. I made a trade today, which it's it's hard. I think to make fantasy football trades, it's really hard to get something that's going to be even for both sides. Um, you know, you just got to find a team that's got a need that you can fill. Uh, and I kind of intentionally stacked up on running back so that I could make a trade at some point. Uh, made a trade with our friend Brendan today, Darren Sproles and Miles Austin for an injured Danny Amendola and Reggie Wayne coming off his huge performance yesterday. What are your thoughts on my trade? But I. I mean, I think Reggie Wayne has more value than the three of those guys put together. Yeah, obviously, we'll see what happens with Danny Amendola when he comes back. You know, he had that one monster game where he he got what he it was like a thirty five point performance. But Sproles has just been really disappointing, and I have no idea how Miles Austin has done this year. But it just seems like the Cowboys haven't done jack. So I I I think you, you I think you turned out pretty well. But then you go look. Sproles can turn it on for the rest of the year and single-handedly win you games. So, you know, there, there's there's a lot of uh, lot of upside there. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously going to say that I think that I came out on top with, in this trade with Reggie and Damian Madola, but I think this is about as close to an even trade as you can get. Uh, Sproles definitely has a lot of upside. We play in a PPR league. He's going to get targeted with with uh, passes a lot, and Miles Austin is a consistent quarterback who can play in the flex. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll kind of see what happens there. And Danny Amendola was kind of a throw in. He's injured for at least a month. Um, you know, Brennan was going to drop him anyways. So it just kind of worked out to be a throw in. And I think it, it makes the trade a little bit more even for both of us. Well, and if, if you have any, uh, if you're, if you're still with us, still listening with us, if you have any trades that, that you, uh, you have any questions on any trades you want to brag about, uh, any trades you want to, you want to cry over? Send us an email at uh, podcast at gmail.com. Tweet at us at Natty Bros. And if you're still listening, uh, as we always like to do, we like to put a hashtag at the end of the podcast just to kind of see who's sticking with us. We usually get a couple of you guys that are saying you're still sticking around. So uh, since we're talking about fantasy football trades, 
go ahead and use the hashtag trade me maybe for, <laughs> for let us knowing that you're you're still listening and um yeah as anthony said you can email us natty bros podcast at gmail.com or tweet us at natty bros uh and as always we encourage you to subscribe on itunes uh just search natty bros on on itunes and you can subscribe and get these pushed directly to you so a- anthony what's your beer of the week this week Ah, oh, beer of the week uh so you know, I'm 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 sitting here in in beautiful Northeast Ohio for work. Uh, had myself a nice little six pack of Ohio Brewing Company's Buckeye Blonde this weekend. Uh, tasty little Belgian ale. Um, I would uh I would highly recommend it. And mine was a, a new Bell's that I had never had before. Bell's Best Brown Ale. They had it wow. at the Michigan State Bar this weekend. Um, it was pretty tasty. I liked it. Fantastic. Yeah. Our, all right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you all so much for sticking around and listening. Thanks for, uh, th- thank you, Zach, for another, another quality pod. Man, always good to spend an hour with you. And now I'm off America. to go read some Simmons. Talking to you, America. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs>